The other day, I was talking with friends about the best concerts we've been to. Do you have a favorite? I've been to rock concerts, folk concerts, hip-hop concerts, country concerts, my child's choir concerts, a Christian music festival, open mic nights, and I've seen amazing Broadway stars singing along with the Cincinnati Pops Symphony Orchestra. I've been to a lot of shows. The live experience is just something else. There is something really amazing about being in a mass of people who are all just feeling the same vibe, right? Like you're there for the same reason, unless you were dragged there by a friend. But everyone's there together and enjoying the moment. You're enjoying the music, whether it's slow jams or really upbeat, you just all are in the same place together. And when big hits start happening, everybody's moving along, dancing, waving arms. There's some woohoos and some singing along. And if I'm in that setting and my favorite song comes on, I can't sit still. I'm bouncing. I'm smiling. It's okay. Some concerts I've gotten to see were some, we'll say classic artists. Um, basically, they were people that I liked when I was a kid. Boys to Men, Paula Abdul, and New Kids on the Block. They did a tour one summer, and I was so excited to drag a friend along. And I think she was basically more entertained watching me reacting to the music than she was the people on stage. That's fine. But there's something about those guys singing because they're going to play their greatest hits because that's all they've got, right? <laughs> but newer artists who are producing album after album, you have to be selective because... You gotta pick the right album that you like the most because when you go to their concert, you know they're gonna play all the songs on whatever the recent album is, right? Like that's why they're on tour. But you never know then on those concerts if you're gonna get your favorite songs from some of their other albums. You just never know. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but they get to choose the set list. That's, that's up for grabs, right? So today, currently, we're doing a new series and I'm gonna tell you, it's, it's a playlist, but it's a, a curated playlist. That's what I'm going to call it. The Book of Psalms. And we're going to pick out a few that hopefully you like. Maybe some of your favorites will be on the list. Maybe not. We've tried to choose ones that go along with certain themes that we want to explore. And we're going to go out of order. We're going to mix it up. It's just going to be a, a playlist of what we want to talk about. But I will tell you what's coming up on the seven topics. They all start with the letter P. Let's look at them. We're going to cover psalms that are praise and poetry, those that are very personal. We're going to look at songs that share petitions, pain, and prayer. We're going to look at those that were written for the public. You see, Psalms itself is a book that's a curated playlist for us to read. This is an old school, Old Testament playlist, and several collections were gathered over the years and put together all to form this book. We find Psalms by different authors. We've got ones by David, both before and after he was king of Israel. We've got Asaph as an author, the sons of Korah. Some collections, they were put together based on the type of songs that they were writing. Some songs were meant to be daily prayers. Other songs were meant to be for special events like the annual Jewish feasts. We get the name of the book Psalms, from when the Hebrew word for a song accompanied by musical instruments, mizmor, was translated into Greek and Latin, which you get psalmoi and psalmi. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Anyway, you can see where the word comes from. And again, it's supposed to be music 
with instruments, and that's what's part of this song. So it's hard because we only have the words, and I'd really like to know what some of the tunes are. They might surprise us. As we read this series, I want you to see if you catch any phrases that come up in hymns or choruses that you've sung before, because the book of Psalms is still affecting our church playlists, right? Now, scripture, all of scripture, it's God's word to people. But the beautiful thing about this particular book is that it's people's words back to God. It's pretty special. And we might find inspiration in our daily lives by reading these, but we're also going to be able to relate to how ancient people related to God. And I have to tell you, it's not always pretty. Because just like modern songs, there are some rough psalms in the book of Psalms. I mean, you're going to have some that are sorrowful. You're going to have some that are angry, seeking revenge. Some that are fearful. And others that are pretty joyful. Now, they're very honest. And I like that authenticity. I don't know about you. But when you read something that's got ups and downs, it feels relatable. If you just had all the like the happy curated in that way, like cut out all the bad, very edited songs, it wouldn't feel like real life. And we know these are real people writing real songs, crying out to a real God. Now, I choose my own playlist now. I base it on my mood. How about you? Now, I can do playlists based on albums back in the day. You could have stacks of records and maybe you're still into those. Uh, Maybe you've made mixtapes on cassettes back in your day. Maybe you've burned a few CDs or maybe you had an old iPod. Whatever way you make your playlist, you've probably got ones for when you're in a slow vibe. Maybe you've got ones that you need energy for. Like if I'm going out for a run, I want all fast songs. But sometimes if it's Christmas, I got a Christmas playlist. If it's summertime, Will Smith's Summertime is going to be on that list. And sometimes on Sundays, I need some worship music to prepare me and my heart for worship. Music is a way to express ourselves, and it's a bit of a catharsis too. This book of the Bible is no different. Ancient people did the same thing that we're doing today. So we're going to spend seven weeks on seven psalms, and we might get a song or two stuck in our head. We'll find out. But this playlist is curated for Echo Church, and I hope you enjoy the ride. Let's dig in. We're starting today in a short song. It's actually the last song in the book. I thought I'd start, you know, mix it up for you. Psalm 150. Let's read it together. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You heard that phrase a lot, praise the Lord. It's actually just one word in Hebrew, hallelujah. And maybe you've heard that word before. And maybe it just sounds like a church term that you might throw in a song here or there. But it comes from two Jewish words put together, Hebrew words, I should say. Halal for praise. And Yah is short for Yahweh, which is the Lord. Praise the Lord. See it there? Now, this is one of the songs that's known as the Halal Psalms because it begins with that praise the Lord. And it's advocating for people to join together in a group and praise the Lord. 
Now, in such a short series of verses, we get a lot of praise, but we also get who, what, where, why, and how to praise. Let's look at verse 1. First, we've got what. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's what we're doing. But also where. We begin in verse 1 to see the mention of sanctuary, in God's sanctuary, and in the mighty heavens. Those are two different places, but it also indicates some different people. Because in, in his presence, who are in his presence right now? The angels. So they are being called to praise. And what's in the mighty heavens, the celestial bodies? We got the sun, the moon, the stars, planets. They are being called to praise. So even though it's where, it's kind of a hidden who also is praising here. Verse 2, we've got why. Why do we praise God? talks about his greatness and his power. I want to tell you that C.S. Lewis, you may know him as the author of Chronicles of Narnia and some other books, he wrote Reflections on the Psalms, published in 1958. And he admitted that he first had negative perceptions about Psalms like this one. Because he felt like, why are people being asked to praise? Is God that vain? Is he arrogant? Does he need our praise that badly? But then he realized this. I like this quote. I had never noticed that all enjoyment spontaneously overflows into praise. I had not noticed either that just as men spontaneously praise whatever they value, so they spontaneously urge us to join them in praising it. Isn't she lovely? Wasn't it glorious? Don't you think that magnificent? The psalmist in telling everyone to praise God are doing what all men do when they speak of what they care about. So the author of this psalm, felt moved by God's power and greatness, cared about those things, cared about the, the good things that the Lord brought to life, the creator of all, and was calling attention to him. And then the author was felt inspired to call us all to praise him. Verses three through five. We've got a lot of instruments here. And this is the how. How do we praise God? Well, you can use these instruments. But again, if you look at the instruments, and how they were used in worship back then, it's also going to tell us who. There's some more who that's being invited to praise here. First, the group of instruments, the horn and the harp and the lyre, those are all instruments in traditional worship. The horn would be played by the priests. The harp and the lyre would be played by the Levites. And those were the temple leaders, right? So this is traditional worship. These are the instruments you would think of for a service back then, a worship service. Maybe solemn, maybe pretty laid out there, you know, like here's some traditional worship. But the next instrument that they talk about is the timbrel, which is a tambourine, and dancing. These two went together. Now, this kind of instruments wouldn't be in the temple worship. It would be about victorious celebration, like when something happened and Israel was defeated their enemies. You know, it was very exciting. And women would be playing the tambourines. So a very different group of people. We've got the priests and the Levites, traditional worship. We've got victory. We've got women participating here. Next up, strings and flutes. Now these instruments were again, not a part of temple worship. They weren't really victorious celebration worship either. This one is described as more things you would use within your family to like entertain each other. You know, like it gets a hangout time back in the backyard. I don't know, that's how I, that's how I picture it. But like they're just hanging out, 
it's very casual. It's not a performance for anybody. It's just playing on these instruments. And then cymbals, a very extravagant, loud praise, right? So think about all the different kinds of instruments, the type of music you would hear from those instruments. And people from all walks of life, whether they are assigned at the temple, like the Levites and the priests, or they're just families, kids hanging out together, right? Everybody was being invited into this worship service. Everybody's coming together. It didn't matter what you did, where you were from, you're all here praising God together. No matter your style of music, your talent, the type of instrument, you're dancing, moving around. There is all kinds of things saying that these are all praise to God. So let's do that together. You're invited to join in. Verse six, we have our final who, who's going to praise everything that has breath. Now, animals have breath just as people have breath. Um, I would say plants, they're breathing, right? They get the carbon dioxide, oxygen thing exchanging with us. All creatures that God has made, all of his creation is invited to praise the Lord. Next time your pets make noise or you hear the birds outside or those cicadas come up from the ground, we'll take their noise as praise, right? We'll try. Notice all of this, all of this description in such short verses, they tell us three things. One, this is a communal gathering. It's not like an individual prayer song here. This is meant for the masses, right? Like, come on, everybody. We're all praising together. Come make a joyful noise with us. Number two, everyone is invited. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter where you're from. This is the kingdom of God right here. Do you see it? Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is for everyone. He said he came to earth to die for everyone. And this is represented in Psalm 150 that everyone is invited. And finally, it's celebration. There are times when we want to be solemn and focused, quiet, but this was a time to go wild, right? Like it's use your bodies, use your noise, use everything. Because sometimes you just gotta get excited, get moving, praise the Lord with your whole self because he brings a lot of joy. So every time I read this Psalm, I kind of look at the instruments, I kind of look at it as a list, I see the repetition, but this time, this time when I was reading it, I was like, this is like a concert, right? Just like we were talking about earlier, people from various walks of life, they're all together for the same reason. You like this artist, that's why you're at a concert together, right? Well, this Psalm is kind of like, we like God. Yay, we all like him together. We're praising him together. Just like you're gathering at a concert. And you know what? It's been a while since I've been to a concert because of COVID and all. But the last few times that I can really remember going, I had this thought, not lying, didn't make it up just for the sermon. I promise you, I had this thought in my mind. I looked around at the people around me and people are like swaying. I mean, some arms are raised, right? Some people's eyes are closed. Some of them are singing at the top of their lungs. And I realized this looks a lot like worship. Because I think people were involved in acts of praise. And maybe at a concert, you're like praising the amazing talent of the people on stage because they've been given good talent. They've developed good talent. Uh, maybe, maybe they're praising because the lyrics say like so much of what's inside that they can't say on their own. Maybe people are praising because it's like, oh, I remember this great memory of the first time I heard this song. 
You know, there's a lot of reasons to praise, but it just seems to come out naturally. Just like what C.S. Lewis said in that quote we read, like spontaneously, if we like something, we praise it. And we want others to join in and share. And here in Psalm 150, it just seems like somebody has overflowed with some joy of the creator, the God of all. Just felt that love and said, come on, let's praise him together. So what's our takeaway from this song? What is relevant to our life today? I bet you can figure it out. It's hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's our takeaway. That's what we're being called to do, I would say. I would use that word. We're not just, we're invited. We're called as people. We have breath. So let's find ways to praise. Because we've all got different things in our lives that we have the ability to praise with. It might be literal instruments. It might not. You've got talent. You've got skills. You can move around or clap your hands or speak words or write words or think thoughts. These are all ways that God has given us with our very breath. Breathe in, breathe out. That's given us by God. And we can praise him by breathing in and out, thinking of him, sitting with others who believe in him also, praising him together. You know, God loves us. He's with us in those good and those bad times. And I know not every day is going to be celebratory. There may be some really low moments that you have. We just went through a whole series about grief. Yes, we're going to have hard times. God understands that. Jesus walks with us through that. And sometimes we can just sigh. And maybe that's a bit of praise to say, Jesus, I praise you for who you are, but you got to get me through this. Sometimes that's a part of our praise. And sometimes when the good times are rolling, we just, we just can't sit still. I'm just going to bounce along because God is good. So we're going to have those ups and those downs. We're going to pick playlists that are mournful and we're going to praise him still. We're going to sing the blues and still praise Jesus. And then sometimes we're going to put on the, on the greatest hits. We're going to jam out in, in the headphones in and we're going to praise God. But let's do it together because that's how he's created us together as his creation, with everything around us that has breath, we can praise the Lord. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for being an amazing creator, for being one who gives us breath, for giving us the ability to sing, to play instruments, to dance, even when we're off rhythm. Thank you, God, for giving us ways to praise you. We want to make a joyful noise for you this week when we're on our own and when we're together. Amen.